APSA Corporate and Investment Banking lead the conversation on future investment possibilities and sustainable growth opportunities in resources and energy. If we look at, for example, the LNG projects happening in Mozambique, in Nigeria, in Ghana, in Morocco, and you name that, um, I think it's all very exciting for the continent that we can at least assist in that energy transition that is currently happening. Matching foresight with sustainable possibilities to unlock your business's potential. APSA Insights, hosted by Bruce Whitfield. Brought to you by APSA Corporate and Investment Banking. Hello and welcome to this APSA Insights podcast series. Uh, This time it's all about Africa and where it fits into in terms of the global resources mix. There's a huge amount of focus with COP26 having happened. There's a huge amount of focus on clean energy, on making the future greener than the past. And of course, the huge negative consequences of us burning fossil fuels for generations. Well, let's talk to Shirley Weber. Shirley Weber is the managing principle of resources and energy at APSA Corporate and Investment Bank. And it's not just about oil and gas and burning stuff, surely. This is a continent that is extraordinarily rich in these new green metals that are required to create the new green energy sources. Definitely, Bruce, you've mentioned it as a continent rich in oil, natural gas, also energy minerals and metals, especially those in battery storage technologies. And clearly, there's a lot of other alternative metals out there as well, copper, lithium, cobalt, and graphite that can be used in this entire energy transition. For us, this is very exciting. I think Africa has it all. You know, if we look at, for example, the LNG projects happening in Mozambique, in Nigeria, in Ghana, and Morocco, and you name that, um, I think it's all very exciting for the continent that we can at least assist in that energy transition that is currently happening. Talk to me about this energy transition. People treat it as if it's going to be all things switched off tomorrow, which are gas guzzling and messy, but surely this is going to take a long period of time. Definitely, energy transition means that over a period of time, the energy mix will change. So what we currently have is obviously a focus on oil and gas, and that's what's used for fuel and energy, etc. We see more and more renewables happening and renewables, wind, solar, um, all of those as well. But more so, hydrogen is becoming a very big topic. Um, Solar in many African countries are becoming more and more important, where a lot of capex is spent, etc. And all that that transition means is that there will be a diversification of the energy mix. The ratios of oil and gas versus renewables versus hydrogen, you know, versus coal, etc., that will just change. But not us in South Africa can switch off coal today and think we're going to live happily ever after. It's not going to happen like that. And and that is what we all need to realize. As long as we all work towards a greener energy alternative in one or other form, whilst, you know, the older, more dirtier fossil fuels are out there, that's what we are sitting with. That's transition. It's not switching off. Um, we can't. So just how much time do we have? I mean, nature, I think, is out to get us. We've learned this in the pandemic. How long do we have? We sit on great reserves of oil and other fossil fuels. 
But time is of the essence, surely. Definitely. I think putting a time to it, I think for, for every country and every continent, it's actually quite difficult. I think the, the time to act is actually now. And there should be evidence from every country, from every corporate showing their intent of getting to lesser carbon. Can we in the foreseeable future get to a carbon zero? I think that's very difficult or a carbon neutral. I think that's very difficult. But the intent to reduce carbon emissions is going to be very important. I can give a few examples, Bruce. Um, You know, with a country like Nigeria, which we know is very rich in oil and gas as well, that country, for example, have committed, you know, to bring in the greener part of energy as well to go into more renewables up to a 30 percent you know you know in the near term you know just to get that balance going um, for example to to assist in this whole energy transition timing I think for anyone is very difficult unless we can Paris agreements go one two and three and we can all prove you know that everyone is being measured properly. I think up to that point, as long as there's the intent and there's these measurements in certain at certain periods of time to show that it's actually happened. And we've seen even our South African counterparts and clients are definitely doing that. Still to come in this EPSA Insights podcast. I do believe the opportunity for the continent is there. And DRC is a good example where more than 70% of the world's cobalt is actually situated. You know, if I look at the corporates playing, for example, in the DRC space, things are actually happening there. EPSA Insights. So Africans are getting richer, and that's a great big benefit. But it does mean then that we are consuming more. We're driving fancier cars. We're using more fossil fuels. We need the reserves that are underneath the ground of Africa. How do we break the cycle of dependence? I do believe that if you look at the natural gas and the availability of of those reserves, you know, on the continent specifically, you know, more and more of the governments will have to take into consideration that that transition to the greener fossil fuel natural gas should definitely be happening. You know, breaking the trend. If population increases, access to cars will definitely increase the demand for that. Energy needs will definitely have to be taken into consideration that we need to get those different types happening. You know, if there's natural gas, we can use hydrogen that comes from that. So I think every country will have to look at their strategy very clearly in how they're going to use their energy reserves in whichever form. There are consequences to everything. There's a consequence to action. There's a consequence to inaction. Certainly, the economic consequences of not taking action on climate change will cost us in the long run. How do we get a balance? Bruce, the balance between environmental and the social part, when we look at, you know, the ESG or sustainability, etc., is going to be very important. We all need to protect the environment. However, there will be a social consequence that comes with it. And to balance that as part of the inclusive growth of a country will definitely have to be re-looked at. Can we continue in the way that we're doing I don't think so. And it's very evident that corporates are changing their ways of doing business as well, working towards that intent that I've mentioned. 
you know, will they be oil and gas? Will they be coal? Will they be hydrogen? Will they be, you know, the energy minerals and metals being used, for example, in these battery technologies? It will all be there, but it all depends on how that ratios are being looked at in order to supply us with energy, etc. That's going to be very important. So how big are our hydrogen reserves, for example? Renogen in the Free State is harvesting hydrogen out of old gold. Gold mines. It's a great example of what is possible in this transition. I think, um, Bruce, to also answer that question, it, it's a very difficult question. How much hydrogen is out there and what's on the continent? Um, once again, you know, if, if you look at, for example, the hydrogen um, renogen that we are talking about, you know, it took quite some time to get to the point where we are now. If we look at, for example, what can happen in many of the countries where, and depending on what type of hydrogen you are talking about, in many of the African countries where, where we're sitting with, you know, with a lot of natural gas as well, you know, instead of burning it, you know, it can be captured for use. Um, it all depends in the country where, where, where you are, you know, and what's been developed or not. But we believe that it is going to be a very big selling point for, for many corporates. And many of the, the local SA corporates have definitely put out um, notices there that they want to start with hydrogen and hydrogen plants, etc. So I think it's all good for us. And that's a good diversification strategy. So the African continent has got these wonderful reserves, particularly of what's really needed right now, which is battery metals. Areas like the DRC with a terrible legacy of conflict and risk. How do we access these commodities that are so valuable and can change so many lives uh, and get the trust that we can mine them safely? I do believe the opportunity for for the continent is there. And DRC is a good example where more than 70% of the world's cobalt is actually situated. You know, if I look at the corporates claims, for example, in the DRC space, things are actually happening there. And not just a focus on the DRC, but so for any other African country, is make sure that you have a politically stable climate, monetary and fiscal clarity in order for whoever wants to come in and assist in extracting, that extraction happens and clearly the country must get a part of that economic growth, but also make sure that, you know, not the beneficiation process actually gets lost, you know, somewhere else in the world, but it that it can happen within the boundaries of the country, that is even more important. And if all stakeholders, the government, the clients, the financial institutions can work together to make sure that there's responsible extraction and that there's economic growth, and it's also a specific um, resource that's helping the energy transition, I I mean, we have it all. It can just succeed. So as we wrap up, I mean, we've got this climate time bomb that we're sitting on and we also have a development time bomb. We need to grow. We need to keep using our natural resources. How are we going to get that balance? 100% agree with that. The energy transition, it's a timing issue. Shirley Weber, thank you very much indeed for chatting on this latest edition of APSA Insights. Shirley is the Managing Principal for Resources and Energy at APSA Corporate and Investment Bank. Expert advice and data-driven insights that unlock your business's potential.
APSA Insights. Matching foresight with sustainable possibilities. Brought to you by APSA Corporate and Investment Banking. For more, visit apsainsights.co.za.